Mama. This is Carianna and Kayla, two best friend moms and your co-hosts of Sleep Talking Moms. We know that tackling sleep issues can feel overwhelming and confusing, so we are here to provide you with practical sleep advice. We want you to walk away from each episode with information you can actually use. Let's dive in and talk sleep. episode four of the Sleep Talking Moms podcast. And today we are going to talk through nap transitions. We're going to talk through some general points, general things to know about it, because I mean, nap transitions suck. Let's just be real. They're hard. They're not fun. Yeah. If we could just keep our babies frozen in the same nap schedule for years, I think we would all choose to do that. Am I right? Yes. Yes, a thousand percent. And the anxiety that comes from getting ready for those nap transitions. Whew. Yes. And Kayla, you recently just went through a transition with your youngest. You want to share just a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. So little Imery, bless his little heart. He just transitioned. He is 20, almost 20 months. He just transitioned from two naps to one nap. And Carriana, you will remember that his four to three nap transition was rough. Yes. And his three to two transition was rough. And uh-huh. I had many, many questions. Um, luckily, the two to one for Imery was great. But disclaimer for my first child, Ellis, his two to one nap transition was awful. So that's either going to be extremely uplifting for you if you're listening to this or it's going to be like, Oh no. But I will say that the hardest part of nap transitions for me, there's two things. One is the anxiety that I put on myself of like, kind of like bracing myself and getting myself pepped up enough to be like, okay, yes, we're doing this. We're doing this. We're going to be consistent with it. That's probably the hardest thing. The second hardest thing for me is being afraid of that early bedtime. If the last nap or the naps get kind of wonky. Mm -hmm. I remember that being kind of a sticking point for you when we'd talk and I'd be like, okay, I think you need to do a six or a six 30 bedtime. And you'd be like, I'm like, what? (laughs) Kids going to wake up in an hour. (laughs) Yes. But, but either did, and we had our sleep training um, plan in place or he slept and it was great. And he got that extra hour or so of sleep. Right. That he had missed throughout the day for having those short little naps. So, Mm -hmm. yes. And we're going to talk about early bedtimes in a little bit, because that is a big piece of nap transitions. Kayla, I was going to ask you, because I often tell parents, especially with that two to one transition, that it's probably going to be two to four weeks before things kind of settle in. What What did you feel like your time frame was with Imery? I don't know if you remember with Ellis. I know that was a while back. 
Yeah, I actually remember with Ellis because Ellis took quite a while to get used to it. Um, And I think that in hindsight, that with my first kid, I was so caught up with like timeframes and shoulds that I may have moved him a little bit more quickly than Mm -hmm. I should have. And so his two to one nap transition took a good three-ish, I would say, weeks. Um, I'm right. On the other hand, he has, he is my sleeper. He has always been a great sleeper. He is my child. (laughs) It went so smoothly, but guys, I waited, I was at, you know, um, Carriana gives kind of like a good general age range for when these nap transitions happen normally. And he was at either the very tail end. He was about 18 months, I think close to 19 months before I moved him to transition him. And that transition, I I think I may have just lucked out too, but it was flawless. It happened within, I'd say a week or less. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And just to give you some general guidelines, these are always general, but you know, with a two to one transition, usually we're looking at 15 to 18 months is that range when they're going to do it. And I will tell you from experience that if a child is able to wait until they're older, you know, some cases that's just not going to happen because they kind of decide for you that they're done with the second half. But if your child's able to wait longer, it goes a lot smoother. If you kind of let them wait longer with the three to two nap transition, we're looking at seven to nine months when they're usually ready to do it. And with the four to three transition, really any time between, I would say three and a half to five months. Um, Usually I don't like to get too much into five months before we are definitely making that transition. So those are some general guidelines. I will tell you guys before I jump into any more, I don't remember anything about my kids nap transitions. My boys are five years and seven years. And I just, my brain does not have that information in it anymore. (laughs) Yes. Your brain is protecting you from... I don't know what, but it is protecting you from remembering hard times. (laughs) No, you know what though, Kayla, I think that they, they had relatively easy transitions. I, I think, of course, I don't remember, but I don't know. So yeah. But I mean, I guess this is also to say, if you're struggling with nap transitions, you wait until they're five or seven or however, and you, uh, you don't even remember anymore. You forget all of that anxiety that you felt. (laughs) Okay. So let's kind of jump into some quick tips, um, for any nap transition. You know, the first thing I want to say, it's okay to flip flop. So say we're transitioning from three naps to two naps. It's okay to flip flop between three nap days and two nap days for a while. That's actually kind of a normal part of the transition. Um, But if you find yourself kind of stuck in between for, you know, I would say a week plus um, that you're like, go for it. Yes. You go for it. You got to bite the bullet and just do it. Right. So flip-flopping is okay. We don't want to be flip-flopping forever. You may just need to take a little bit of a heavier hand and push them to fewer naps. The other thing that I would say is it's totally okay 
to micromanage their naps if you know they're not ready for the transition. So if I'm using that three to two nap transition as an example, they may be six, six and a half months. They may be trying to drop the third nap, or you may be having trouble fitting the third nap in, but you know, okay, if they're going to be on two naps, they need to be awake for around three hours. And my baby cannot hang for three hours. It's okay to wake them from some naps. And Kayla, I know this was like a hard part for you. Yeah, I would say it's a hard part for every single nap transition that Imri went through, but obviously I remember the, the most recent transition, the best. Um, and I'd gotten to the point where his second nap out of two was 30 minutes long. And I stayed there for a very long time and it was very, it brought about a lot of anxiety in me because it was like, okay, well, what if he doesn't go to sleep right away? And what if, what if, what if, what if, but I also knew that he would not be able to hang, especially that two to one nap transition. Like that's a huge amount of time difference that they have to be awake. And so I just kind of trusted my gut. I knew my kid. And so, like I said, we waited until, you know, 18, 19 months before we switched him and you know, your kid. So trust your mom gut on that for sure. Mm -hmm. And a question I get a lot with having to micromanage the schedule and maybe just to clear up what I mean by that. I mean that you may have to start their day for them. You may have to start their day at you know, 7 a.m. or 6.30 a.m. or, you know, wherever that falls, you may not be able to let them have a random sleep in day when you're micromanaging. And then you may have to wake them from each of their naps so that you can fit everything in with a bedtime still around eight um, and not, not tipping later than that if we can avoid it. So a lot of times parents will ask me, well, if I am constantly waking them from these naps during this period, am I going to inhibit their ability to connect nap cycles later on? My answer to that is no. And that the benefits of waking them and micromanaging that schedule definitely outweigh transitioning them to a few, one fewer nap sooner than they're ready. So micromanaging is huge, frustrating in the moment, but it's temporary. And then The other thing is that early bedtime that we talked about a little bit. So when you do transition to fewer naps, you're going to see that bedtime shoot up earlier, right? So again, I'm, I'm liking to use that transition of three to two just for continuity's sake. But if we're on three naps, bedtime's probably going to have crept later and later. It might be close to eight, which is okay. But once we transition to two, we've got to expect that bedtime to move earlier. And it can be as early as 6 p.m., which I know is hard for some families and it's scary, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I just remember, you know, being like, okay, well, wait, okay. So I guess we're eating dinner at four. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I don't know. And I know people say this all the time, but it, I don't know. I just feel like it, it all comes out in the wash. It all turns out fine. So if you have to completely kind of, and if you are able to kind of like reroute your day um, in order to make these happen, it's a thousand percent worth it. 
Yeah. And I think probably the common, the, the most common worry that parents have with the early bedtime is how early are they going to wake up the next morning then? And, you know, while that may happen here and there, what we know overall with the overall picture is keeping them awake too long before bed repeatedly kind of guarantees that you're going to have early waking. So we want to minimize stretching that last window too long, or we're going to have early wakings anyway. And it's not going to be early wakings because they got enough night sleep. It's going to be early wakings because they're overtired. And there's absolutely a difference. Right. And remember guys, like if you you have them go to bed at six and like me, I was afraid of like, okay, in an hour and a half, this kid's going to be up. And sometimes that kid was up, but that is what the sleep training plan is there for. So, you know, whatever you have decided, or, you know, you and Carrie Anna, if you use her, um, whatever you've decided is, okay, this is our plan of action. If my kid does wake up in the night, you know, like whatever that is, go in on check on them, make sure they're fine. And then go in every five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is that you have decided is good for your family. That's where this comes into play. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that you bring up another good point, Kayla, that night wakings probably are going to creep up here and there during this transition. That's really, really normal. It's part of the process of them adjusting because if we're being honest, we can't avoid overtiredness altogether when we're doing a nap transition. Overtiredness is just going to happen. And with that comes some disrupted sleep. But like Kayla mentioned, having, you know, whatever your method is that you feel comfortable with, maybe you used it before, maybe you've never had to use one before, but having a way that you're going to consistently respond to that disrupted sleep is really important through the transition. And I think the last thing I would say is just to be patient, you know, just as much as you are struggling with adjusting and with the transition, your child is too. And so we just need to be patient and give them the time that their body needs to adjust to the new schedule. Yes. Hugs and love to you guys. Anyone who's in the middle of this nap transition or getting ready for one hugs and love to you a thousand percent. So, and I'm also going to link in the show notes, I have a blog about each individual transition with some tips that can be helpful. So if you are heading to one and you want to be prepared, um, that will give you kind of some step-by-step guidelines. And I also want you guys to know, I offer 30 minute calls. If you have an independent sleeper already who can fall asleep on their own, I offer 30 minute calls just so we can talk through a plan of action for the nap transition phase, or maybe you're in the midst of it and you're like, Oh no, I've been doing this all wrong. Now, what do I do? We can talk through and get you back on track. So I will also link that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening to Sleep Talking Moms. We hope you are walking away from this episode with practical sleep advice to get the whole family sleeping better. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps more tired and overwhelmed moms find simple and practical sleep advice. See you back here soon.